Hey everybody, welcome to Conversation Piece with Patrick Armstrong. I am the titular Patrick, and this is a show where we talk about the missing pieces of the conversations we are already having. Shout out to our returning listeners and a high five and hello to everyone joining us for the very first time. Thank you so much. We have a really special episode this week. Um, We are doing something new, the mailbag episode, where I answer questions from you, our listeners, our audience, about anything that you want to ask me and anything that you want me to elaborate a little bit more on. So really excited to dive into that this week. And before we get to that, we are going to just do a quick recap of what we had going on in July, a really special month of guest interviews and episodes. Very excited to continue to share and amplify the work of those guests that we had on and to continue thinking about and internalizing the messages that our guests shared with us in July. And so as we wrap up July here, let's go ahead and jump into that recap. I was trying to think about what was the recurrent theme throughout last month or this past month. And what really stuck out to me was this idea of taking care of ourselves. And I think each one of my guests in July hit on a different topic within that overarching theme of self-care that I've really attempted to internalize over the past four weeks. And especially coming off of my trip to Korea, I feel like they are lessons that I really appreciate right now and are things that I'm really thinking about a lot as I continue to navigate this new journey that I'm on, that I found myself on since returning from Korea. So, Our first conversation was with Jamie Holland. She is an author, an educator, a workshop facilitator here in Indianapolis. And she talked about mindfulness. And mindfulness is definitely something that we can all do better at internalizing because the best way for us to build solidarity with each other, to find maybe not peace, but find a balance within ourselves is to find out the different ways we can be mindful, not only to ourselves, but to other people as well, and how we can extend that mindfulness out. And Jamie dropped a lot of really incredible pieces of knowledge, pieces of wisdom for us to follow along with when it comes to being mindful and extending that mindfulness on to others. The following week, my friend, poet, educator, extraordinaire Darius Phelps joined me here on the show. And we talked about vulnerability, specifically as men of color, but vulnerability in general as well, and how we can reach being vulnerable through excavation, excavation leading to emancipation, excavating our own inner histories, our own inner identities, the places that we come from, the intersectionalities that we inhabit, and how we can be vulnerable in a way that's not performative, but to be vulnerable in a way that allows us to operate from a safe space where we learn and we internalize these lessons that we learn. And then from that place of safety, find our way to the space of bravery, where we can then talk about these things. We can then express our own emotions. We can own our stories and become the authors that we've always been meant to be by embracing and understanding vulnerability. So really appreciated that conversation with Darius. And then wrapping up our guests in July was my friend Carolyn Sumlin, incredible, incredible activist, incredible educator and author as well, as well as a fellow adoptee. Carolyn just released a book called We'll All Be Free. It is about how a culture of white supremacy devalues us and how we can reclaim our true worth. And the crux of that episode was about self-worth 
and how white supremacy and white supremacy culture has really conditioned us to think less of ourselves and how we can go about reclaiming that and taking the steps and and thinking about tangible ways that we can move forward and really embrace who we are and the worthiness that we are all capable of, that we all deserve to feel, not only from other people, but from ourselves. And I really appreciated everything that Carolyn shared because we dove into, as much as you can dive into in a 30-minute conversation, the history of white supremacy and how white supremacy went from an ideology, how that was birthed, and how it evolved and transformed into a culture of white supremacy that we find ourselves operating under and that we find ourselves fighting to understand so that way we can dismantle and resist it to build stronger community, to build more impactful engagement within our communities and to find ways to push our communities outward so that way we can move in solidarity with other communities that find themselves marginalized, to find themselves oppressed under the boot of white supremacy. And so I really, really appreciated that conversation with Carolyn, really appreciated the conversations I had with Jamie, Darius, and Carolyn about all of these different things that we talked about, about understanding the different ways that we need to be taking care of ourselves, that we need to be thinking about when we think about a term like self-care, which I feel like even with vulnerability, with self-worth, with mindfulness can generate this buzz around it that can become performative if we don't really sit and think about the ways that we should be intentional about achieving these different qualities, about internalizing these different ideas, so that way we can be better people for ourselves and for the ones around us, our families, our friends, our communities, and we can operate in in a better space um, because we understand who we are inside. We understand what we need as individuals that allow us to be more engaged, more active, more impactful members of the communities that we inhabit, whether that's school, whether that's just in your neighborhood, whether that is at your workplace, all these different areas that we find ourselves in. The lessons that we talked about in July are incredible, necessary things that we need to be thinking about as we learn to love ourselves, as we learn to find ourselves within all of the different spaces that we operate. So thank you again to Jamie, Darius, and Carolyn for joining me here on the show. Thank you to everybody who has been listening to the show and been watching the show on YouTube. It's It really means a lot to me every week to revisit the numbers a little bit and see more and more people joining along, joining the newsletter, being a part of this community that we've been building here and really inspiring me to continue pushing forward and doing the things that we're doing here on the show. Which leads me into segment number two of this episode, the title of the episode. It is the mailbag number one. Um, Had this idea listening to other podcasts, listening to folks take questions from their audiences, from their communities. And I'm like, you know what? I can do that too. Because I love to figure out different ways that I can engage and interact with y'all. And I'm hoping this can be one of those ways. And so I put out a call on my social media to sending questions, things that you want to hear me talk a little bit more about, to questions that you might have about any number of topics, whether they be personal to me or whether they just be related to adoption, anything else, I don't know, the rest. (laughs) So that's what this segment is going to be about. That's what these episodes are going to really be focused on, hoping that I can address some missing pieces to whatever the questions might be. 
you know, and standing in line with the ethos of this show. So we're going to dive right in. Um, I wish I had like some theme music for this. Maybe I'll find a way to throw some in there. I don't know if there's something playing right now. Then you know that I found something. If not, no worries. We'll just go no music. Um, but really excited to answer some of these questions. I got four questions that I'm going to go through here and do my best to answer as well as I can. So thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Um, if I did not get to your question this time, we'll try and get to every question as they come in um, throughout all of the open calls to submit questions. So if you are following me on social media at Patrick in the World, follow the show on social media at Conversation Pod Peace, subscribe to the newsletter sign up on our website. You know, these are going to be the best ways to ask these questions. So when mailbag number two and three and four come around, we'll be able to get to those things as well. So thank you everyone who did submit and let's go ahead and get to it. All right. First question. What did I do for self-care this past week? I think this is a great question because I was just talking about what we talked about in July, which had a lot to do with taking care of ourselves, mindfulness, vulnerability, self-worth. And for me, last week was a big one when it comes to self-care. I have been, if you read the newsletter, you know that I talked about this a little bit, been dealing with some anxiety. And this was a revelation that I had in Korea about feeling off in my head for a little bit. I have felt this way for a few months now and wasn't sure what it was. I thought I was sick. Wasn't that. I thought it was like a tinnitus related issue. It wasn't that. Just didn't understand what was going on, feeling a lot of tension on the sides and in the back of my head, but no other symptoms, just a lot of pressure here in my head. And when I was in Korea, going through a lot of the mental and emotional things that I was going through, especially over that second week, I had this realization that, you know, I think I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about a lot of different things, not only being in Korea, but stuff happening here at home, um, things happening with other people in my life things happening with me personally that I'm thinking a lot about needing to take care of. And I just realized, I think this is anxiety. I think there, there's a lot of things that I'm anxious about that I've never really thought I've had to deal with before. And when I had that revelation initially, I felt like my head cleared up. I felt like I had gotten a grapple on what the issue was, why I was feeling off and knew that understanding and naming the issue is a great first step to understanding and, and treating the issue. When I got back from Korea, a lot of stuff happened. There were some good things, more bad things, and that sense of feeling off returned. And I was struggling through the weekend leading into last Monday with this, this feeling in my head. So I scheduled a doctor's appointment, went into the doctor, and I basically just said everything that I just said to him and told him, you know, I've been dealing with this feeling of offness in my head and that I truly think that, it were, that after self-diagnosing literally everything and scaring the shit out of myself with all the things that I'm reading online, I'm like, yeah, I think it has to be anxiety. And after answering some other questions and just having a conversation with my doctor, he agreed and suggested therapy, which I told him I have some consultations scheduled and coming up, which I feel really proud of myself for doing. And he said, that's one of the best first steps you can take is sitting down with somebody and having that conversation, a professional specifically, to be able to talk about some of these things when dealing with anxiety. 
And he also gave me an option. He said, moving forward from here, there are two things that we can do. We can, you know, just continue as is, monitor, see what happens, and we don't really do anything else. Or we can prescribe a low-dose medication and see if that helps resolve some of the issues that you've been having. And I told him I did not want to continue in the way that I had been operating because I didn't want to keep running to the medicine cabinet, grabbing ibuprofen, grabbing Excedrin, tension headache, anything with acetaminophen in it, just to kind of combat the the headaches that I was having, the tension, the pressure that I was feeling in my head, and that I was interested in medicating. And I say that not to sound like it's some sort of taboo thing. You know, I think it's it was necessary for me. I wanted to be proactive about this. I didn't want to just react every time that I felt a pain or a pressure or a tension in my head. I wanted to be able to try and get out in front of this, if possible, in addition to going to therapy and starting that journey for myself. And so he prescribed me a low-dose uh, medication for anxiety that I started taking on Tuesday. And I feel like it's helped a lot, to be honest. I feel like I've only taken Excedrin one time since I started to take this medication. And I do feel like my head's a little bit more clear. I feel like the tension is not as prominent. It does not appear every single day at every moment of the day. And I'm not doing things to try and mask the tension. I feel like I am being proactive in what I'm feeling inside of my head and doing my best to curb it to understand it to treat it instead of just reacting to it and one other thing that i feel like has been helping me a lot has been this decision to step away from posting my story and sharing so vulnerably and openly on social media and instead going to a personal journal um i'm not doing pen and paper i don't know if that's what i want to do but I have been doing it on my phone and hopping in the notes app, timestamping things, writing things down that not even necessarily recapping the day, but just thoughts as I have them or feelings as I have them, especially when it comes to like I've been trying to really monitor this tension and pressure that I've been feeling in my head. So that way, when I go back to the doctor in a month and we kind of reassess where I'm at, when I go to therapy, you know, I have some of these notes. I have some of these things that I can call on instead of trying to strain to remember, oh, I felt this on that Tuesday or I felt this then. I kind of have this running list of, of things that I've been feeling, things that I've been thinking, the physical and the mental parts of it. And I feel like that's really been helping. And it feels very liberating. And it does feel like I'm reclaiming part of the story for myself after having shared so publicly for so long over the last three years. and. I really appreciate everyone in the community who has been very supportive of that particular step that I've taken because coming off of Ica, coming off of Khan, meeting so many people who resonated with my story and everything that I was sharing on Instagram, it felt very overwhelming in both positive and negative ways. And it's not on any of the people who were coming up and, and sharing their pieces with me. It was more so like, okay, maybe I have been doing this too much. Maybe I have been doing this too freely, and I need to take this step back. I need to take a step back and, and hold some of the story for myself. 
and understand that I have a lot of things that I need to be dealing with right now. And just by sharing publicly doesn't necessarily mean that I am handling those things appropriately or the way that they should be handled. And so I feel really good about it. And so that's what I've been doing for self-care this week has been journaling, has been taking this medication, have been thinking about a lot of the conversations that I had in July on the show and trying to internalize a lot of those things, mindfulness, vulnerability, self-worth. I think those are all really important things for me specifically, for all of us, but for me specifically as I go through this journey. And I'm really excited to start this journey of therapy um, in the coming weeks. Hopefully I can find someone here in Indianapolis that I can sit with and and be able to have these conversations. So thank you for that question. Um, all right, next question. What was the biggest thing I learned about myself in Korea? Another great question. I think it really ties into this first question, which was that there are a lot of things that I need to be working on both mentally and physically from a health perspective that I need to be taking more seriously. Um, recognizing that I have anxiety and that I've been dealing with this for a lot longer than I was allowing myself to believe was a really important revelation for me. And I think that's truly the biggest thing that I learned because naming that and voicing that openly allowed me to make the decision to step back from sharing so openly. It allowed me to realize that there are some things that I just have to do for myself right now that I can't just give away so freely and so openly just because I have built this community and built this following on Instagram, wherever it might be. Also understanding that I'm going to be back here every week, having a conversation, doing a mailbag, hopping on the John Chi show and having these types of conversations, being vulnerable in these spaces. Like it's not that I'm just letting it all go and going into complete isolation when it comes to this journey that I'm on. It's more so that I'm making the conscious decision to be better for myself, which in turn will allow me to be a better community member, be a better person in my neighborhood, be a better partner to my wife. It's, this self-work is going to allow me to do a lot of those things. So I'm really excited about that. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned about myself in Korea is that I got a lot of stuff I got to work on. And that's okay. It's totally okay. And, you know, I'm excited to do the work. I'm nervous. I'm scared. You know, I'm anxious about it, clearly. And I'm also ready to take this step because I feel like it's an evolution. I feel like I don't think that I've been stagnant in any way, but I do feel like I maybe hit a wall when it comes to what it is I'm trying to do for myself and for the community and that this step is the next step in allowing me and giving myself permission and grace to do this work continuously on and on and on because I'm giving that opportunity to myself to grow. And I feel like that's a step of growth. So Thank you for that question. I think that's a, a great one and, and an ongoing one for sure that I, I, I have no doubt that I'll be revisiting as we move forward here. Um, next question on a scale of one to 10, how great was it just blending in and not having to look over your shoulder or wonder what people thought of you when I was in Korea? Another great question. 10 out of 10 for sure. 
it was it's a powerful profound thing to be able to look like the majority where you are i live in indianapolis i live in indiana in the midwest predominantly white still and when i walk around the city when i walk around my neighborhood even i do feel like the other still and i don't necessarily th- think people are looking at me like that anymore maybe and I don't know if it's just the way I carry myself when I'm walking around, whatever case, the case might be. But there is a, a marked difference in the way that I felt just walking around Korea. And, okay, hilariously, I'm wearing this shirt, the shirt that I'm wearing right now. Um, I was having this feeling that first week, I'm just like, oh, yes, just walking around, feeling enmeshed within the community here, within the city, within the people and nobody is batting batting an eye. Nobody's paying any mind to me. And there was one day I was walking for lunch or to go meet my friends for lunch. And people were looking at me. And I was like, people kept just giving me a kind of like side glances. And I was like, what is going on? Why are people looking at me? And I look down and I'm just covered in sweat. Like this shirt is completely different colors. There's like patterns on it that people on Instagram messaged me and said, oh, I thought that was a really cool pattern on your shirt. No, it was a bunch of sweat. And I just think it was so funny because that was the the sweat was what was giving me away as other, I guess, in Korea, which I thought was very interesting. And I'm watching these Korean people walk around <laughs> in winter garb, no sweat. And I'm out here, shorts and a t-shirt, covered in sweat. And that's like a little bit of this nurture versus nature situation, I think, where, you know, I grew up in humid, hot climates, but not to that same extent as you do in Korea. And definitely never reached this point of like figuring the humidity out in my own body to where I'm not just profusely sweating when the humidity is even 0.5%. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. I hate it. I hate to sweat, even though I do it a lot. Um, through no choice of my own, it just happens. And that's what it is. So 10 out of 10, it felt great to blend in because it just like, like I was there, like when I was there in October, it just felt like I could take the mask off that I have always been wearing that I continue to wear um, to this day when I walk around the city, the streets, the place that I live, or even when I go visit other places, it does feel like, you know, there's this mask on because I've had to navigate whiteness in predominantly white spaces for my entire life. And I figured out how to do it, but it doesn't mean that I'm doing it as myself all the time. It does mean that I do it with this mask on, that allows me to navigate these spaces and quote unquote appease other people in those spaces or not make them uncomfortable for whatever reason. You know, I think a pandemic played a big role in that. I think violence against people who look Asian or who are Asian had a lot to do with that and made me more aware of this mask that I wear all the time. And I am aware of it. And when I was in Korea and when I've been in Korea, it does feel like I'm able to remove that a little bit and walk around and just feel the sense of safety that I don't always have here. And I think that's a really powerful thing to be able to feel. Not when you're sweating, not when you're covered in sweat, but (laughs) in every other instance, it does feel like I can take that mask off a little bit. And that's a 10 out of 10 feeling like 
it means a lot to be able to do that. And to know that I can't always do that is an interesting thing to think about and makes me recognize the privilege of being able to go back to Korea and have that experience. Um, for anybody trying to return to their country of origin, where if they were to walk around the streets, they would have the opportunity to feel that. And knowing that not everybody is going to get the opportunity to do that makes me recognize and, and reaffirm the privilege that I've had and have to be able to do things like that. So thank you for that question. I think that's a great question as well. Would love to hear what other people think about that when it comes to their own returns to their countries of origin, if they've had the opportunity to do so. Throw me a comment, leave a review, whatever. Ask those questions. Send me a DM. Would love to have a conversation about it. Um, okay, last question. What made you decide to follow through on a birth search? And so to answer, I'm going to answer this question a little, I'm going to be, I'm going to give a specific answer. And then I'm also going to say that I am actually, I've actually started writing my first memoir. I was going to say my memoir, but hopefully it's not the only one that I write. Maybe it will be. I've started to write and this idea of a birth search is at the crux of what that memoir is going to be. So I'm not going to give away the game here because I want to have people buy this book. <laughs> um, but I will tell you that the day that the day before I left, I was packing my book bag and throwing some stuff in there, chargers, all these, uh, all these different things. And I opened a drawer here on my desk and in that drawer was my adoption file that my parents had kept and gave to me a few years ago when I started all this. So I just have this in my possession. And in that moment, I had the, a conscious thought. So what I mean when I say I had a conscious thought is that this thought occurred to me of my own volition. It was made up of my own. It just came to my mind in my own mind, was not influenced by my spouse, my parents, my family, my friends, my community, the adoptee community, the Asian diasporic community, not influenced by anybody else. I see this file, and in my mind, I have this conscious thought that, okay, I'm going back to Korea. You know, I've told myself for a long time, I've resigned to the fact that I will never have answers to this. And while it's not okay, I'm okay with that because I'm not the only person that's ever going to have that feeling and make that decision. And I had this conscious thought that if this is the last time I ever go back, like, let me take this and go with it. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to do it on my own volition because I want to do this. Not because other people are influencing me to do it, but because I want to. And so I grabbed it. I threw it in my bag and I left. And I will talk about when you get the book, <laughs> hopefully within the next X amount of time. I don't even put a timeline on it. When you get the book, hopefully you'll re be able to read that and understand a little bit more about what that journey was like for me. Um, suffice it to say, that was the reason. It was, it was a conscious, it was my decision. And I think that's really important to name because this whole journey that I've been on the last three years specifically was truly, I feel like, the first times in my life that I've made decisions on my own without the influence of other people. 
that's everybody, anybody in my life, even society, influencing the decisions that I'm making. And for some people that might seem a little far-fetched, that might seem a little out of reality. But when I think about it, I think there are only five moments in my life where I truly feel like I had a conscious thought or made a conscious decision on my own. And actually, now that I think about it, it might only be four because the decision to start this journey and go down this path of identity in the first place happened because a ton of other things were happening in the world that led me to have this conscious thought of, oh, I need to understand more about this, about myself, about being Asian. It wasn't even be about being adopted, but about being Asian and how to navigate the world like this. And uh, yeah, now that I think about it, it might only be four times. And you know, I'll share those in the book as they come out or as the book comes out. But the reason that I followed through on it is because I truly felt and I truly feel that this was one of those moments that I had that thought on my own. And that's a powerful thing. I feel like especially as adoptees, but really anybody, anybody in this world, we're so influenced by everyone around us, everything around us to do what either society says or what our families say or what our partners say, what anybody says. And it feels like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. And a lot of times we resign ourselves to that and decide this is what I'm going to do because everybody else is telling me this. So why wouldn't I do it this way? And I've never, I never thought about it for, for a long time about making my own decisions and thinking like telling myself that I had, but when I look back and think back and reflect on my life, realizing that I really never had, you know, it was, it's powerful to think about and be able to identify those moments that I made those decisions on my own. And a lot of people can, I mean, you listen, you can be listening to this and be like, I don't believe you. And that's okay. Like, I'm not here to influence your thought process about me. I'm simply sharing and answering this question for the mailbag because I think it's important to name that. I think it's important to let people know that I was able to make this decision decision on my own and not because other people were telling me that I was supposed to do this. People my entire life have been telling me, oh, when are you going to go find your birth family? Oh, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you returned to Korea yet? Those things always influenced my decisions to either not do it, to not go back to Korea. And even when I went to Korea for the first time, I I knew I didn't want to go that way, but I went anyways because other people were telling me, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. Why wouldn't you go? Why wouldn't you just feel this way? Why don't you just make the best of it? And at the end of the day, that, that wasn't my decision, truly. And so what made me decide to follow through on this particular journey was because I had the decision to, I made the decision to do it myself. And hopefully whenever this memoir comes out, (laughs) you can, you can see, you can see a lot of the context that led to that. You can see a lot of the decision-making behind why again, even further and more elaborated on than what I have done here in this episode. And you can see the fallout of that. And there is a lot more to be had in this journey, a lot more to be talked about. And again, this goes back to question one, question two, about what I've learned about myself. It's that, you know, I got to hold some of this back and I can share it 
be vulnerable about vulnerable about it in the future. But right now, this is a journey for myself. And this is something that I am making the conscious decision to do for me. And when I'm ready to share, I will share it, hopefully in this memoir. <laughs> um, that's the mailbag segment. I appreciate everybody who sent in questions, everybody who asked things about not only Korea, but just about myself. I really appreciate it. If you want to ask questions, if you have questions that you'd like me to answer on the show during these mailbag segments, I'll definitely be posting about it the week, two weeks before those episodes are getting ready to come out. I know I gave it a really short turnaround this time. I think it was like two days, but I appreciate everybody who saw it, who sent in a question. Uh, make sure you're following me at Patrick in the world. Make sure you're following the show at conversation pod piece. Make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter. You can do that on any of those or on either of those um, Instagram <laughs> accounts or through the website conversationpodpiece.com or conversationpeacepod.com. My apologies. And yeah, stay tuned because I want to engage more with the audience. I want to interact more with y'all who have been listening, who have been supporting, who have been helping me build this community here, this conversation piece community. It means a lot to me. And I enjoy being able to dive deeper into my thing and be able to share some of that. So Thank you, everybody, again, for sharing these questions, for, for participating. And I hope you got something out of it. And I can't wait to do another one. Um, as we move forward here, though, and get ready to wrap it up, I just want to talk a little bit more about what's coming up in August. First off, we are partnering again with Cold Tea Collective to bring you this August run of episodes. We are focused. It didn't really happen this way on purpose. It just so happened that all of my guests this month are part of the API community. So very excited about the folks in the conversations that I've already had, the ones that I'm getting ready to record in production and to share those with y'all because I think they we're dropping some we're dropping some knowledge just like we did in July. We're dropping some gems. And I'm really excited about that. Really excited to and really privileged and honored for everybody who's come on the show so far and everybody who's going to be coming on the show in August. Really appreciative of Natasha and the team at Cold Tea Collective for being willing to take a chance on me and on this show again to help amplify and distribute these episodes to give us a platform to continue to have these conversations to continue to address those missing pieces of those conversations this time specifically around the Asian and Asian diasporic communities and to hopefully impart some knowledge and wisdom to not only myself but to everybody out here so thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Cold Tea Collective, for being willing to take that chance with us again. Really excited to be doing this partnership again, to be bringing you these conversations. And make sure, again, you sign up for the newsletter. Make sure you're signed up for Cold Tea Collective's newsletter. And you'll see all of that linked in the show notes as well as we wrap it up here. If you want to join the conversation and make sure that you are the first person to know the first people to know about what we've got coming up because that's where you're going to see who these guests are, the conversations that we're going to have, and also a little bit more vulnerability from me as you move away from my personal Instagram account and you come join us, join the conversation here with Conversation Peace. So super excited about that. We have an incredible series that I'll be working on for September and some other things really exciting that are happening in September that if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll probably learn a little bit more about as we move through the weeks here of August. 
So very excited about everything that's happening this month. And yeah, actually, that's it. I thought I had more stuff, but that's it. That's what August has. I don't want to give the game away too much already. August is going to be a really incredible month. I've already had some really, really dope conversations with some incredible people, and I cannot wait to share those with you, to share those with Colty Collective, to be in partnership together, to bring you these conversations. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. Again, you'll find all of the things that we've talked about in our July episodes and everything that you can do to get ready for our August episodes here in the show notes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Conversation Podpiece. If you want to follow me personally, that's at Patrick in the world. Even though I'm not sharing there, I am sharing the stuff that has to do with the show, has to do with the John Chi Show as well. So go follow them at John Chi Show. Um, if you are feeling so inclined to leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast player or YouTube player that you're watching this on, we would greatly appreciate that. And last but not least, if you want to support the show in any way, just hop in our DMs or go to our website, conversationpeacepod.com. Thank you so much again for joining me for this episode of the Mailbag of Conversation Peace. And until next time, I've been Patrick Armstrong. And you just heard me say the title of the show about a hundred times. This has been Conversation Peace. See you next week.